As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Ben Standing here. Yes, I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I am gearing up for Sunday night's huge game at FedEx Field against the New York Giants should be a pretty interesting game. I can't say it'll be a great game. I can't even say it. somebody's going to win based on what happened the last time these two teams played. But I can say there's a lot of anticipation going into this one for sure because of what it means in the playoff chase. The, the winner, assuming there is one, takes uh, the lead over the opponent and... Their percentage chances of making the playoffs go up dramatically. To discuss the game itself, uh, I'm joined today by uh, my colleague at The Athletic, Charlotte Carroll, who covers the New York Giants. We got into kind of where both teams are at at this stage, some of the keys uh, for the game, and just sort of also like kind of taking a look back at expectations from the beginning of the year. It's funny, right, because... Well, we'll get to that in a second, but it's funny to sort of see where things are at and um, compared to where we all maybe thought things were going to start in the beginning of the year. We'll get to all that in a moment uh, here on the podcast, which, of course, you can find iTunes, Spotify or anywhere you do your podcasting. And if you subscribe to The Athletic, you can also get the, the podcast ad free. Of course, please subscribe to The Athletic. A new article out today about... The importance of making Daniel Jones play quarterback. You'll see what that means. Basically, don't, don't, don't let the running, don't let his running uh, run rampant, uh, and uh, that will help Washington's causes uh, significantly this week. Uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig, uh, and uh, let's just get into this here. Before we get into my conversation with with Charlotte, the the playoff situation is becoming increasingly good for Washington. How is how good? Well, here's how good. Thursday night, the Seattle Seahawks, the other team right behind Washington and New York, lost on Thursday night to San Francisco, meaning no matter what the result of Sunday night's game. Washington and New York will remain in the six and seven seeds in 
the NFC, you know, obviously the winner will be the sixth, the loser the seventh. But that's where we're at. With only three weeks to go, Washington would be in one of the top seven playoff spots. Things have really gone well for Washington since they last played. The Giants, of course, lost to the Eagles last week. The, the Seahawks have lost uh, their last two games. So it's going nicely for Washington, but that's hardly the same as suggesting this is a wrap that they are in with a loss. They would be just a half game ahead of Seattle. The Detroit Lions, if they win, and they've been doing a lot of that lately, would also be a half game back with three to go. And you look ahead to next week, San Francisco, Washington will be there on Christmas Eve. And the 49ers, it's it's really impressive, even without Jimmy Garoppolo, are continuing to look like a legit contender in the NFC. Brock Purdy, the seventh round pick, the final player picked, in the 2022 draft has been uh, wildly impressive and poised uh, for a guy who's a rookie, let alone, like I said, the guy picked last in the draft, but it's their defense that is, you know, the difference maker really imposing. And it's going to be a huge challenge for Washington next week. We'll deal with that uh, after this game. As far as the injury report, look, obviously I'm talking to you, Ahead of Friday's practice, that's where we'll get some definitive answers. I would say of the of the players who are listed as limited, um, it's about six or seven guys. I feel pretty confident about most of them playing. The big wild card is Chase Young. Uh, you know, we don't need to get into that too much. It's kind of the same deal. He basically is. It's up to him to, or it, it's up to somebody over there to determine whether he is going to play. the the mex The messaging is kind of all over the place. We spoke to Jack Del Rio on Thursday. He said, once we get the green light, we'll be ready to go. And I'm like, well, okay, cool. Who's giving the green light? <laughs> He's like, well, you have to ask that. Uh, you can talk to Ron Rivera about that. Um, it, it has seemed to me, as I've said now a few times, that the doctors have cleared Chase Young. And really, at this point, it's just a matter of him feeling confident enough to get out there and play. But when we spoke with him the other day, he said that if, if he's, you know, kind of told to go, he will, and he's, you know, and he's, and he's kind of raring to go. But at the same point, when when referencing his knee, said that, you know, sometimes it um, doesn't always feel right. So it's it still remains confusing to Benjamin St. Juiced is probably the one everybody's most watching with his ankle injury that kept him out of the last two games. I thought he looked pretty spry uh at the start of practice yesterday when we were allowed in there he was doing some uh cornerback drills kind of going you know running forward running backwards some tip drills he jumped up a couple times to uh, on some of those like uh tip drills I, I i thought he looked pretty reasonable but again you know we'll have to see what that means from their perspective as he gets ready uh sam cosby jamin davis they look good and you know look i mean uh th- this is obviously a matchup between two teams that are very close Hence the tie, um, you know, I, I, the momentum though is definitely a difference between these two teams. Uh, the Giants have, have dropped a bunch of games in recent weeks after a six and two start, whereas Washington, of course, starting one and four is now all the way up to seven, five and one. And, uh, you know, they're feeling pretty good. I think the locker room has been pretty good this week as well as it's been honestly most of the year but nonetheless i think they've been in pretty good shape so we will see i think uh, of course people are projecting washington to get this win 
you know, I mean, sometimes when you're looking at two even teams and everybody's leaning in one direction, it makes it, you know, this is sort of the epitome of the smell test. Our our friend Kevin Sheen at the Team 980 talks about it. Uh, I don't necessarily know what what the betting numbers are showing in terms of that, in terms of how much money is being wagered. It does feel like, though, that you know everybody's kind of picking Washington. Um, although my colleague uh, Charlotte Carroll, not so much, but we'll we'll get to why she thinks the Giants can win. Um, we'll see. I, I it's going to be fun. I think for me the most interesting part is that this is an anticipated game. Uh, at this late into the season, we really haven't had this in some time. Again, I know that 2020 season. There was some of that, but you know that one. It, it, this feels different, probably because they have a winning record, and in part because the NFC is kind of down. What could it mean if they can, you know, keep this going? Um, but we'll see. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Enjoy the the hype going into this game um, between two seven and five one teams coming off a tie in their previous meeting. Should be fun. Uh, let's discuss that. Let's get into where these teams are at. On the field and sort of mentally with my colleague Charlotte Carroll covers the Giants for the Athletic here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Needless to say, this is the biggest game of the year for the Commanders. And I don't know if it is technically the biggest game of the year for the Giants, but I guess it's got to be because they're in the same boat, tie record, and they're kind of reeling. They need to get a win. So here to explain to us whether they whether that's possible is our New York Giants beat writer, uh, Charlotte Carroll. First time on the podcast. Charlotte, I appreciate uh, you coming on, despite the fact your team is uh, in a bit of a slump. But I know you're not. How, how's it going? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me on. No, this is an exciting time and Sunday's matchup. I mean, Sunday night football, it, that says it all. It's big. And who would have thought Giants commanders would be in this slot this season? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, when the season started, the question was really like, which of these two teams would come in last? And yes. I guess technically that is still the case, but but in a very different way. Instead of being last with like four, five, six wins, perhaps it's well, can they all make the playoffs? And but but in order for that to happen, one of these teams probably got to win this game. Um, what a weird what a weird year. We we both have had these very different trajectories. My side started off really slow. And then obviously they've worked it out lately. Only one loss since week five. You guys, uh, I mean, you know, nobody expected much out of the Giants. Hot start. And now it's come back to to the norm. Are you uh, feeling like kind of, uh, you know, schizophrenic almost like with how things have turned uh, so suddenly here? I don't know. I mean, I think if you look at all the surrounding factors, it was kind of uh, they were eventually bound to skid in in some for like way or another just like this roster was outperforming its expectations. It's been really fun, obviously, especially as a first year writer with the athletic and or with uh, the giants, just kind of getting to cover this and, and watch this new regime come in and, and all this talent. Um, but at the same time, it was bound to happen. And the giants injury situation has not made that any easier. Um, so I think that kind of 
you're looking at all the injuries that have happened to this roster. Not that the players will make excuses, but it's kind of just like, okay, this was, was bound to happen. The, um, the, the bound to happen part. I mean, that's the reason like, you know, the beginning of the year, there's a lot of questions. Daniel Jones, he always, you know, he, he's Michael Vick when he plays Washington, but in general, he's uh, been kind of a pedestrian guy. Certainly hasn't lived up to the hype of, of where he was picked in the first round, but then, you know, yeah, new coach, you know, a, a quasi rebuild across the board. And yet obviously the hot start did happen. I've from the outside been looking at it as Brian Dable, and his group have done a tremendous job to, to to figure out what they have and make it work. Maybe the schedule was a bit easier earlier than it is now. What, what do you think was the biggest reason they were able to actually come out so hot that maybe isn't working as well right now? I mean, I think they got a lot of the talent out of these players. I mean, you, you talked about Daniel Jones and what they were able to unlock in him. You just see him a lot, uh, him rushing a lot more this season and the way he's able to, to kind of scramble around. They really kind of gave him the no hard bold time. I can't even say anything at this hour in the morning. <laughs> no holds bars. Uh, just kind of, he has the freedom to run. You see him a lot more like comfortable in the pocket and, and just with the decision-making, but I really think it comes down to the injuries. I don't know if it's so much what isn't working. I mean, you saw a lot more play creativity in the beginning of the season, um, but I really think the injury issues um, in the secondary, you've got Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney who've both been out. You've had some weird uh, defensive line issues. And then just also, I mean, Saquon Barkley as well, one of those injury issues. While he's not been actually missed time, he was limited this past week with a neck issue. He should be okay this week. So all you Commanders fans, uh, be worried about that, I guess. <laughs> but uh, Saquon kind of coming back down to, to preseason uh, is, has also not been great. Um, yeah, it does seem like the Saquon Barkley thing has been um... – has been a big change. That's what's so funny also, like with the schedule, the way that it is because of this really bizarre deal that these guys are playing, you know, twice in three weeks for you back to back games here. So I, for, for, for our end, we've only seen the giants during this stretch. Whereas like, you know, Washington played Dallas in week four, we'll play them again at the last game played Eagles in week three, then again in week 10. So there's some separation to <laughs> this, this thing. It's like, uh, there's no way the Giants could have like changed too much in between these games. And then of course they actually got whacked last week. Uh, so it's almost like we've heard this myth about that. They were, they had a good start and now it's like, oh, really? I mean, it doesn't look like a team that's that, uh, that, that that's good. But I think you, you know, if, if I'm right, you're, you're kind of optimistic about their chances this week, you know, relatively speaking and think they can pull, pull this off what what gives you the optimism considering kind of what's been going on here they've kept every game that they've been in close it's not the only blowout true blowout that they've had this season is that eagles game and that's one that you like i mean you're always going to get that one one or two big blowouts of the year yeah sure. and you there's no shame in that eagles game i mean this eagles team is as you've seen is leagues above everyone else um from what i've seen and even like Giants kept that Cowboys game close when injuries were really bad in that situation too. So, I mean, you look at what happened in the last game, which was a tie, which I don't even know if I fully processed that yet, having witnessed. Um, but it was really close, and the Giants really should have won that game. You had that taunting penalty, um, and then there were some other issues down the road where there's multiple opportunities to win that game. Um, and I think they pull it out, and especially after getting their asses kicked on Sunday night, or excuse me, on Sunday – 
this team has very quickly forgotten that game and it's all about the commanders and like the implications of that. And they all know it's a big game. I don't know. What about you having come off the bye? Uh, how are the commanders kind of approaching this one and having not had to focus on anyone else? Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird deal. Not only so they had all this momentum, then they get a tie. And I think that, I mean, like, only because they were the one that came back to tie it, I guess you could feel slightly better. Plus, it was on the road, but they were kind of what I don't know what to make of this. And then they all went away for a while, for for a few days, and then and then you have to wonder like what kind what's the vibe coming back? Um, we're talking on Thursday morning, so on Wednesday we were in the locker room, and this is the one thing that's been interesting with this group this year is that even when they started one and four, the vibe in the locker room has been really good. This is a group. It's not a cliche. This is a group that really does seem to like each other. The, the whole room seems to get along, and that positive vibe has kept up throughout, and it's maintained this week. They seem to be in a really good mood, and there have been some teams over the years I've covered different NBA or NFL where I'd be like, oh, boy, these guys are really uh, – they're, they're having a little too much fun almost. They don't seem to be focused. But these guys have been this way all year, and they've been ripping off wins – somehow so i think they're in a pretty good space I, I i i think like you and i they still haven't processed a tie uh taylor heineke told us yesterday kind of like he, he he said over the um over the break he was watching some MMA, mma card and the main event ended in a tie and he was just like oh come on you gotta be kidding me here uh what is this so or i didn't draw. even know mma could end in a tie or, or draw <laughs> yeah well i guess if the you know if the if the scorecards uh you know all kind of come out that way um so at any event yeah i mean I, I think they're in a good space um but we'll see i mean i think um they're relatively healthy they, they have like a long list of guys banged up but nobody everybody practiced yesterday i don't know the last time they've had a situation where everybody's practiced you know since maybe maybe all year i don't know if that's even been the, the case so I, I think they're in a relatively good uh space but you know you never know for sure until you get out there on sunday and they, you know maybe they're even a little bit slow out of the out of the gate because of the fact that they had some uh so, some time off I, I think the one thing for me is um defend uh offensively is how do they deal with the giants pass rush and the constantly like changing looks that uh defensive coordinator wink martindale kind of throws at teams they're gonna have a new center because Tyler Larson, who was already the backup, got hurt in that Giants game. They're going to go to Wes Schweitzer, who's a former guard now, who's played some center. He's the third string. We still don't quite know who's going to be at right guard. Um, could be a couple of different guys. And to have that kind of change, it's you know things happen. But against the Giants, that seems like a problem. The Giants had, what, five sacks in the first game. I, I think that, to me, is for the for Washington maybe the biggest emphasis as like what they need to pay attention to is, is how the Giants' defensive front was able to attack them last game. Yeah, I think that you make a really good point there. I didn't even realize with uh, the third-string center going to be in there that how big of a deal that is for that defensive line, which is honestly probably the most complete part of this Giants team at the present moment. You have uh, Leonard Williams has missed time, but I think – He's been practicing, so hopefully he'll be okay to play on Sunday. But between Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, both of those players, Pro Bowl candidates, and then you've got um, young pass rushers in Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau, who Aziz is now. This will be his third game back in a little bit. 
And the two of the, that duo of Kayvon and Aziz are finally like starting to play off each other in a way that fans were really excited for to see at the beginning of the season. And it's dangerous. I mean, Kayvon almost had that sack in the end zone or he did uh, that almost had that safety in the end zone uh, in the commander's game. So you, you got a reminder of what that is looking like. So I think that's a good point. It's a very dangerous situation. Yeah, no, I, 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 I um, it's concerned. The, 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 the commander's offensive line has been the biggest issue for them um, pretty much all, all season. And it's part of the subplot of the constant who should be the quarterback Hein Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz. And, and the, among the pro Heineke arguments is he's far more mobile than Wentz. And with this offensive line, you need some of that to, uh, to, to get by. But uh, you know, at the same point that that can't be enough. Like the, the line's got to do their own, uh, their own part. You know, I'm curious uh, with, with Dexter Lawrence. Um, I've been writing a lot this year about Deron Payne situation. He is a true free agent at the end of the year. And there's been all this question. Are they going to keep him? Or are they not? He's having best year of his career easily. Uh, Dexter Lawrence is another one of these guys who this should be a really deep defensive tackle market, even if it's not pure free agents, but guys who are going to get paid because their contracts are, uh, you know, going into the last year of their deal or, or whatever it may be. Um, do, is any of that talk? Has there been any of that kind of talk um, about him there? Because you guys have Leonard Williams. I say you guys, you're not the team. Le- because <laughs> I'm, Leonard- I'm suiting up. You didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you, you got the four, you get that 40 speed. I know don't, 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 don't try to pretend. Um, the, but, uh, Leonard Williams already, already gets paid a ton and part typically part of the issue is you don't want to pay two defensive tackles a lot of money. Um, just in terms of like roster building, but obviously they're very good. And this is sort of the dilemma that Washington has. Has that been any kind of a thought so far? And either way, how is Dexter Lawrence? It looks like he's having a really tremendous year. How, how has he been, uh, this year? Yeah, no, I mean, the focus for free, like the roster construction and, and contract stuff has really honed in on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, like Saquon's going to be a free agent, Daniel, they didn't renew his fifth year option. So that's really taken the spotlight. But then in the background of that, you kind of have these players, someone like a Dexter, who's played phenomenally. And like, I think it would make sense to bring back. I mean, you, you have starting to build this core and you've got Leo and Dex and then Aziz and Kayvon. I mean, that's starting to show that it's very formidable, um, formidable group. So it would make sense for me um, that they bring him back. I know they were talking a little bit about at the buy. That was the only time Joe Shane kind of really got into like that, that contract negotiation phase a little bit during the season, just because it would make sense. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, I think he got some offers, especially with the trade line for Dexter and they wouldn't deal him. I'm maybe remembering this wrong now that it's been so many weeks. So don't completely quote me on that. I would need to look it up. Um, Yeah. You know, the the seasons all become a blur, but that just speaks like they didn't want to trade him. It was either they didn't want to trade Saquon or Dexter. And I think Dexter between the discussion of beat writers, it might've come down to Saquon and Dexter. Um, I'm not quite sure hundred percent who, but um, he's just, he's become invaluable for this team and he's been so consistent that they cannot take him off the field. I mean, you had Wink Martindale talking about earlier this season, like just how difficult it is to take him off. He's like the Rolls Royce of this Giants defense mm-hmm. was, I think, the quote. And it, that just speaks to how they value him. Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 when you have, because it, it's so funny, these teams, it, it, it kind of goes without saying when you tie, but these teams are very sort of on the same level. And, and, and same thing with the offense. The, the 
the argument here for this game is like, hey, if you get ahead of the of the Giants this week, that's going to put them in a really tough spot offensively, and therefore um, it's going to take them out of sort of their game plan. It's it's the same thing here for Washington. It's been run out, the, grind the clock, let the, your defense be as fresh as possible to then play as well as they have been all year. And that's for Washington, led by the two guys in the in the middle, in John Allen and Deron Payne. Um, therefore, you figure you want to keep them long term and make that your basis. But like I said, it's just not always that easy. Teams just don't typically want to pay those guys. But how do you? It, that's, a, that's a hypothetical. The reality is, you have this guy here. Why would you want to let him? Uh, let let him get away um and, and it's funny on the saquon barkley front like on the one hand running backs are not nearly as valuable you know this era compared to you know yesteryear when the, when the giants and and washington had a different team name uh you know when, when they would play in for nfc east titles and the running backs were, were, were really dominant and so like it is interesting with barkley to see you know if that's a decision lawrence or barkley long term and daniel jones as well how they play that because no doubt Barkley is the popular guy, right? I mean, he's the, he's been the face of the franchise even when hurt for a bit, but uh, you really going to pay a running back a ton of money. I, I don't, I don't know. Welcome to uh giants beat writers discussions and <laughs> the, the constant questions we do live rooms every week. And there's always a way it may not happen so later in the discussion, but it, there's always a question about free agency that like rotates back to Barkley and to Daniel. And it's, I mean, if I had the answer for this, I would not be a beat writer. I'd be a front office person, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's definitely going to be a tough decision. You speak about the impact that Barkley's had as the face of this franchise and how much will he take? And I think that again, going back to the, those bi-week contract discussions that kind of like came to head a little bit, they were talking a little bit, but nothing came to pass. And honestly, that might have been a good thing given the the slump that Saquon has had. It's not like he's performing like the first half of the season. So we'll kind of see what that ends up being and how he finishes the year. And then same with Daniel. It's just kind of like he's under both of those players. Obviously, everyone are under constant evaluation. And I think as much as we talk about like Saquon's contract this game and, and the importance of it for playoff implications, this game is going to be the biggest of, of Daniel Jones's career, no doubt prime time he's 0-9 in like this is just gonna be I mean another storyline to keep an eye on oh and nine that's that's I mean but I mean he's like I forget what the exact deal was but the first like three years of his career like or, or something like that he only or maybe the first couple years he'd only won like x amount of starts that the team had won but like 90 percent of them were against Washington or something like that it was like it was an insane deal I mean even even in the last game I mean what what the hell he didn't he didn't throw a true incompletion until like deep into the fourth quarter he's running all over the place um and yeah and, and there was that one deep pass i think it was a slayton down the field yeah where slayton basically dropped it uh, and that could have you know sealed the game for them um and yet he's still viewed as like the ultimate pedestrian you know baseline quarterback uh it, what, what was your i'm actually curious what was your perception when you got on the beat because all you hear is how negative Daniel Jones is. Did you think he was going to be the worst quarterback of all time based on the hype and the talk and perception before you, uh, before you got to the team? Having not paid attention much to the giants over the last five years, basically at all. Um, besides like just like scores and stuff kind of based on what everyone was saying. So I've actually been really impressed with them. I mean, it's not like I've got a lot to go on, I guess this being my first season covering an NFL team. But he's done really well, and, and coaches have really unlocked, like I was talking about earlier, 
have unlocked what works for him and they've gotten him more comfortable. I think that's been another topic among fans and, and just kind of like if he had a, a more talented or a better wide receiving crew, like what that would look like. So that's always kind of been like the pieces might not always be there to get the full picture for Daniel, but he's got to do what he can with it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you see him, it's not like he's having bad games. I mean, the wins haven't been there the last couple ever since the bye, but he's been playing decently and like connecting with, like you said, Darius Slayton, like that was on Slayton. Slayton dropped it. He, he connected with Slayton on an earlier pass, a uh, long pass in that game. So I don't know. It, it's kind of weird to try and evaluate that situation. Well, also like, you know, Washington has, has uh, plunked in assets to the receiver room. They, they, they paid Terry McLaurin a ton of money lately. I don't think anybody's going to argue about paying him. They gave Curtis Samuel a big contract last year. That was a disaster last year, but this year he's been healthy and he's shown the reason why he's a big playmaker on the field. He spent a first round pick on Jahan Dotson and he obviously made the big play at the end of the game to tie it, but he's, and he's really, really good all year in between an injury. The Giants spent huge money on Kenny Galladay, massive bust. They draft Kadarius Tony in the first round. That completely doesn't work out. So when you try to and like that, that the game for me earlier this year was the was that Green Bay game that was over in London, right? Or overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm watching that. I'm like, wait a minute. The Giants leading receiver is a guy who was on the practice squad. Like, what is happening here? So, like, he doesn't have a ton of weapons to work with. The offensive line is good now, but it wasn't very good early in his time. Saquon Barkley was been banged up. So it's kind of like, well, what what's he working with? On the other hand, 0-9 is not great and it still doesn't seem like too many people believe in him. And sometimes that can be just reputation takes it takes a long time. It's the same thing here with Taylor Heineke to a degree. Some people, and probably myself included, harp too much on the lack of arm strength. He's not the tallest quarterback ever. Uh, and yet they win and they, or they're winning this year. And then nobody can explain why he makes clutch passes over and over again. Um, but uh, it's so hard to tell like what, you know, the chicken and the egg thing to a degree, is, is it, he really doesn't have it or the pieces around him aren't helping him. He's not, you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he's good. He's decent. But it, that's, what's so interesting about trying to figure out what level these quarterbacks, right? He really both for both these teams. Yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's tough. And I don't know, I don't know if we'll get an answer for that this year, which is just like, oh no. It, it, yeah. I mean, we won't like, it's just a, a weird situation. And with Daniel, it's like the criticism is more coming from the outside. I think those inside at least like publicly are obviously endorsing him and they, they believe in him to get the job done. And like you saw comments obviously from Dable at the beginning of the season and they still stand by what he's been able to do. And it's not like, I mean, Daniel is respected in the locker room. It's not like he's unre- not respected and he does, he's a good teammate by all accounts. So like he's doing what he can. So I don't know. Yeah. It's gotta be interesting for you getting to watch Taylor this season, pull off some crazy, crazy throws and just, uh, just an interesting season. Right. Well, I mean, for him, you know, we got a full dose of him, you know, last year because Brian Fitzpatrick, I hurt week one and Heineke comes in and starts basically the rest of the year. And, you know, it, it is, you never know what he's going to do. It, it, you, you can't figure it out, which is, which makes a lot of fun. Uh, but in terms of like, you know, consistently winning football games, it's hard to, to process. And I just said consistently winning football games and the Heineke hive, I can hear them yelling at me, dude, 
they've lost one start. What do you, what do you yell at? What do you, what are you talking about? But it, when we talk to Rivera or some of the players, how does Taylor do this? They're all like, I don't know. The guy, it's, it's, every game, Rivera's kind of like, well, you know, that's just like Taylor being Taylor. I, I you know, there's gonna be some crazy stuff, but somehow it kind of works out. And uh, they got, they went out and got a, a, a they tried to get an upgraded quarterback for a reason. And that for us is sort of the big question is how much rope does Taylor Heineke actually have? Um, the question I asked Ron Rivera this week um, in his press conference was, what's the difference between like you're trying to win this next game you got to do whatever you can i get that but you also if you make the playoffs want to give yourself the best chance to compete and the reality is that like in the postseason you're playing the bigger teams you're gonna have to probably score more than 20 points and maybe that means going to carson wentz and i again i hear people yelling at me but like carson wentz has the bigger arm he he he's able to throw make make the make the chunk plays easier than heineke but also they don't they're not as efficient offensively. This is such the 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 deal to try to figure out. But you know, at least you guys have one quarterback. To, I, I guess there's really no debate about somebody else. By the way, what I just have curiosity, you will have time for this later, but what's the deal with Jones? If you had to guess right now, do you think he's actually gonna be back? Or do you think this this coaching staff and, and front office after one year is gonna be like, mm, maybe we need to kind of either restart or find somebody else? I, I don't know. I don't know if I've been here long enough to even feel like I can answer that appropriately. Um, I don't know. I mean, not renewing that fifth year option says a lot, I think, about like expectations to begin with. And like the fact that nothing was done over the buy, not that they probably would have made like good progress on that, but it's been a constant evaluation. It's not like they've explicitly been like, this is our guy. So I think he's really got to play out. It really comes down to these last games. And, and what they're going to do with him and then the like draft class and then all of that and the free agency market, like what are the realistic options that they could do and, and kind of deal with, um, especially when they need so many other parts um, when, when it comes to draft stuff and, and things like that. And because that was always like another thing, because they've done so well this season, like a high draft pick isn't really like an option for a high quarterback type of a situation. Right, so here, so yeah. they've, they've played themselves. I mean, Daniel might've played himself into like sticking around another year just because of that. Uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. Once they started winning, it's like, okay, well you, you pissed away the top 10 pick. Are you cool. Okay. Well, you're going to keep going. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this, uh, where this goes. Um, so I guess that brings it back to this. This is, I mean, that's the fun thing for us is that Washington has just not had a ton of big games in some time, even in 2020, when they end up winning the, the division with a seven and nine record. I think the whole and they it was a very similar trajectory, slow start, strong finish. But the second half of the year, we're all kind of like, all right, this is kind of cute. I mean, plus it was like the COVID year it was really weird and, you know, the, the, the you know, no fans and everybody's kind of just trying to figure out life. Um, but it was like, oh, this is kind of adorable. You know, this division stinks and they're taking advantage of it. But this feels different because they, they, they have a winning record and they have been playing, you know, they have, they have a good record over the last, you know, two months and the defense is pretty good. And, and Brian Robinson's really given them a, a strong presence in the ground game. So this is a big game. It really does feel like it. What do you think ultimately for you or for the Giants as you interpret what they're thinking? What do you think for them is like the biggest key for this game? ultimately for them to uh to pull this out no I think it's the rush defense and what they're able to do with that also looking at the secondary too in my opinion um will be key like stopping the, those big pass plays 
and making sure like McLaurin doesn't get away with anything too crazy, uh, given that the difficulties they've had in that secondary. Um, so yeah, those are my two keys. What about you? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think the offensive line de- dealing with Wink Martindale's uh, constantly changing looks, I think is going to be huge, especially with some of those uh, some of those changes. And you know, I think defensively, uh, you know, uh, the cornerback uh, Benjamin St. Juice he missed the last game. He's been out the last two games plus the bye week with a sprained ankle. Uh, he was back at practice yesterday. It was a, one of the many who was listed as limited. Um, I don't, it's, it, it, it's kind of funny. He's been out and they played against Marcus Mariota and Daniel Jones, two guys far more known for their legs than their arm. So it's kind of a good situation to have where you don't have, uh, you know, if you're not going to, if you have one of your really only two cornerbacks, they have no depth at that position. Um, it's nice to have some quarterbacks who aren't known for throwing on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Jones <laughs> completed, like I said, basically every pass for most of the game. So you know, it would be nice to have your best corners out there. So I think if they can get St. Juice out there combined with what they already do up front, I think that will be, you know, make make their defense pretty challenging for for, for the Giants to, to do too much. And, you know, I, I would probably also just say, ultimately, if one of these two teams can get a 10-point lead somehow, or, you know, whoever gets ahead early is going to have the advantage and start taking the other team out of their game plan if they can keep it up into the second half because both these teams are pretty conservative by nature and um, don't have a lot of, you know, options. I don't know what the over-under is for this game, but I would bet the under without without even, like, uh, knowing anything. I think it's 4.5 last time. The, uh, the spread. The, the, the spread. Yeah, let me see if I can look here really quick. To, uh, see Because, like, I mean, I guess they could get too low. But when you factor in the weather, I, I'm sure it's going to be freezing at, at the game and uh, – all that kind of deal. I, I just don't know. There's going to be a lot of points. I mean, tw- like, I, I don't know what you're like. You wouldn't stun me if we're both saying 2017 w- win, but the team we cover winning would be my, uh, would be my assumption. <laughs> yeah. I think this could go. I mean, honestly, will we get another tie is like a realistic question because of how evenly matched these teams feel like they are. And like, based on what we saw last or two weeks ago, feels like a, a realistic question like unlikely but it's it's out there as an option has anyone done the math as to what happens i mean i really almost don't want to just i don't want to like put it out into the universe but like what happens if in fact they do tie again that's a monday problem if that happens <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll wait for elias sports beer or or, uh, or uh, austin mock or nate silver or one of these like math people to tell us well, now, according to the numbers, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we'll go to go to Austin as soon as uh, the game's over, if that's the case. <laughs> All right. It looks like this, the, the over-under is about 40. Okay. So I would take the under there, but, you know, weird things happen. You never you never know for uh, sure. Um, all right. Well, I, I assume uh, both you and Dan Duggan are making the trip down here. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I've never been down there for a game, oh, so well, well, look, look, I, don't, don't raise your hopes. Uh, the, I've, not... I've heard expectations. Uh, I should be very limited. It's not exactly the the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, but oh, it no. it's my first trip down there. It's Sunday night football. Like I'll ha- I'll be excited this weekend, and then never again when I come back down to DC. <laughs> no, I hear. You. I mean, I, I I'm still hit, hitting a lot of new stadiums uh, for the first time, and because a lot of them are new you're like oh this is pretty cool 
uh, the one like old one this year was like venerable, you know, soldier field. And, uh, you know, that was cool because that's historic. Uh, yeah, no, this is not uh, this is not this is not as good. Even the, the, the view, the giant, the view in the giant at uh, MetLife is, is a lot better, too, on the side here. You get the end zone shot. So be prepared, bring some snacks, uh, but you'll be all right. And uh, yeah, it, it should be it should be fun one way or the other. I bring snacks. So I got to pack snacks. Well, OK, turn. so I mean, look, this is the important stuff. They actually have like they'll have like uh, like randomness, like granola bars or some candy or some stuff like that. But the main food, look, it's, it's look, I'm not complaining. It's free food. We, we, you know, nobody cares. But like, yeah, it's not it's not it, it doesn't have the reputation for being the best uh, meal you're going to ever have. We'll all okay. just say that. I'm gonna pack my snack bag then. I'll make sure that's a, a focus on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you gotta you gotta focus on the food. Uh, Charlotte Carroll, I greatly appreciate the time. Uh, good luck finishing off the week in the cold. We'll see you down here in a few days, and hopefully, uh, we somebody wins. Hopefully, some you know. <laughs> it's not asking for a lot. <laughs> no, we just need a result. That that would be good. Uh, thanks so much. I'll see you uh, in a few days. Thanks for having me on, and, and see you Sunday. Yep.